Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. This is a unique look into the world of sports betting. And I'm proud to introduce our newest AFL expert, Mark Goodwill, the kid MG. Welcome to the team, Mark. Thanks, Nick. And the effervescent Darcy Spinks hey guys. joins us again. How's <laughs> your weekend, Darcy? Yes, it was good. I spent the weekend at my family's farm. It was a hoot. How about you guys? Well, we, yeah, we won't we won't save like the in depth chat with the the live stream for yeah. tomorrow's show on Bet Doctor. But yeah, it's, it's pretty public knowledge that we dusted one hundred and twenty one thousand of uh, of the punters' money. So it was it was a very entertaining day. We had uh, Jubster and DK on the couch providing sort of rolling commentary and banner. So it was a great weekend, and the results just didn't fall our way. But uh, Mark, what about you? you yeah. You're a big AFL women's watcher and you've got a subscription package out there for a dollar ten at the moment in the little birdie shop but you digest a lot of women's footy as well don't you uh it's more just because there's nothing else to watch really at this stage <laughs> of the year it's uh, a bit by default um but i was entertained over the weekend seven hour package for the racing it was uh very funny being on the chat and uh conversing with a uh, few of the punters out there so even though our results didn't go our way we had a good time uh in the process so why darcy was just uh, sunning herself yeah, you're behind the scenes you're on the tools you saw your first live stream yeah it was very funny um if anyone hasn't seen it it's worth checking out and um there was some funny episodes which i'm sure we'll digest later time mm, there's a little snippet someone's made a comment on our youtube channel on the live stream and they've time stamped a very funny moment in the show so check out little Betty podcast on youtube and uh just hit little hit little um link on the timestamp under the comment section of the live stream and it'll take you to a classic moment in the stream but let's get to know you a little bit more mark um you're our af resident afl expert new yeah, you're very new. You're fresh, yeah. but you've been in the game a very long time. Yeah, I'm number two draft pick behind Darcy for uh, 2021 <laughs> season for Little Birdie. So. I'm sure you'll hold your own. Now, Mark, you've been a bookmaker for quite some time. You worked offshore for Pinnacle, which are yep. one of the world's biggest offshore bookmakers. Yep. And you were trading the tennis and the AFL there. Yeah. What was I that was, like? Yeah, um, it was very good. I was opportunity. I was at Mark Reed's at the time with a group of lads and uh, spent five years up there doing the AFL. Mm. And that was my earliest gig. And then had an opportunity where a few of us were going across to the Caribbean, a good mate of ours. Um, Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. He was the first to go across. Beijing Twig. Yes, uh, and it took him about, I reckon, one or two months to said he's found heaven. <laughs> basically put about uh, a dozen of us on the plane in the next six months, and we wow. uh, all ended up at Pinnacle. So yep. um, living in the Caribbean was tough, not going to lie. It would have been um, amazing. Sounds yeah. pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, from about 25 to 35, it was tough to take. <laughs> um, so, yeah, didn't have a winter for 15 years, wore the yep. shorts, uh, mm-hmm. learnt the US um, betting landscape, which yep. is... Would have been fascinating. Yeah, just much, non-stop. Yeah, much more aggressive, um, I find, compared to the Australians probably tied into the European side mm. of it, where we're a bit more on the defence, I guess, and more mass numbers. Yep. The US um, landscapes, definitely with Pinnacle, um, was a good education in how to take on the punters, like, you know, six and seven figure bets on the uh, US sports is not uncommon over there. So, um, big, big joint. Wow. I, only, I, I got there early, about the second year or third year of Pinnacle, mm. and I was, the next two or three years is when they really exploded onto the world scene. So it was good to uh, good to witness that. So I um, learnt the craft over there and then managed to come back, work with Bet Easy. Yeah, with Matt Tripp. Yeah, with Matt Tripp. I uh, got an opportunity there. They fitted me into uh, the AFL team again. So for the last five years until uh, we finished up last year. So that was good. Yeah, you, you've watched a lot of AFL. like. You'd be one of few people that have watched, you know, nearly every game of AFL probably for the last sort of 15 or so years. And it's been an amazing time with the expansion teams. Dust, do you watch a little bit of footy? Who's your team? Yes, I do watch a little bit. I actually go for Richmond. The Tigers. Yes, I know. So, How'd you find them? Is the old man a Tigers supporter? Uh, no. 2017 Premiership. <laughs> just just chimed in on the bandwagon. My family actually go for North Melbourne. Oh, controversial. So, yes, my dad's not too happy about that. But I watch a lot of footy. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't really put any bets on, so I'm interested to he- interested to hear what Mark has to say. Well, I'm not going to tip you into the favourite Richmond again, so I think <laughs> they've uh, found their price. But yeah. you will have a better year watching your team, yeah. unfortunately, than your dad will watching the Kangaroos. So well, maybe yes. maybe you can help him out with a uh, transfer membership for for this year to make sure he can <laughs> enjoy. Some he probably. won't be happy with that, but yeah. I can suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're both favourites, but the wrong wrong sort of markets. I think Tigers are. The Premiership favourites and the Kangas are the favourites in the wooden spoon market. They so are, yeah. we'll go into depth go. with them a little bit later. But it's been a massive off-season for the AFL and the NRL. But 
But Mark, you've also got the tennis background as well with Pinnacle. You traded a lot of tennis. And what did you make about Djokovic, Djokovic's win and the price of Djokovic in the final? Yeah, well, I've, people I've spoken to, we were actually, um, we had a few fair boys in here the other day. Mm. Um, and both of them commented that they couldn't believe the price of Djokovic. I think he traded as high as a yeah, $1.90. It was, it was basically a pick and final. Maybe Djokovic just slight favourite. But his record, you know, he's been to eight finals in the Aussie Open. He's won them all. Now it's nine and zero. Um, and I just think, um, you know, Medvedev came in on a 20-match winning streak. He had good form and everything like that. And he'd beaten Djokovic in his recent outing. But it's horses for courses, I think. And Djokovic just grows a leg in Melbourne. Melbourne. I, know, I know he had, a, a, you know, an injury, which, you know, mm. Um, might have halted his progress, but once he gets into finals, his uh, you know his record's unbelievable. So, you know, I've found a lot of people have commented and they've asked the question is why why he was such a big price, and then he's gone out and smashed him after the first set. Really, the first set was very good, and then mm. it was one way traffic. So, yeah, um, we're sort of talking about over dinner. I I didn't get to see a lot of tennis uh, this this time around, and I think the scheduling like pushing it back a few weeks has impacted the viewership, and I guess COVID is another factor, but. I think or no one does anything in January. So to get to the tennis is, is quite easy to do in those last yeah. few well, weeks. The, I think the, big, the biggest factor with the crowd and mm. probably the media that feeds off it is kids are back at school. Yeah. So it cuts out a lot of the families. So mm. it's not just the kids that don't get to go, it's the parents that take the yeah. kids. So it's very hard to get a crowd and because we're used to it in January mm. as well. So, you know, it's a time slot where people come back from holidays after Christmas, New Year's, yeah. have a couple of weeks, and then they know the last two weeks before they get back to school is... You know, so it hurt the Australian Open for sure. They would have, I imagine, the bottom line would be red. Yeah, it'd be shocking. I mm, didn't get there. Did you get there, Dust? No, I didn't. I, I usually go a lot, mm. but this year I only went once. VIP but tickets. I didn't go actually in. I just went to one of the uh, thing, like, things that are on, you know, outside. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. watch it on the big screen. Yep. Darcy's yeah. only in the marquees, the VIP yeah. marquee. He doesn't actually <laughs> sit in the normal, um, normal seat area. No, I was great? actually... Yeah, in the Canadian club oh, section, cool. watching it um, on the big screen. Yeah. But yeah, usually how, how, there's a lot the of activation. View from up there? Oh yeah, it's a great view. It's a great view, you know. <laughs> now, what about Osaka? Naomi Osaka. She's now becoming dominant on the yeah, harder surfaces. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's. Um, I know she's not number one, mm. but um, her at her best and Barty at her best. I think you only want to be on one one girl there. Um, she was magnificent in the final. I, I think Brady played her. Her final in the semi-final. Yep. Um, she put up a good effort, but you see what Osaka do. She's got very little weakness in her game, um, and yeah, she was dominant and has been for some time now. And I think she's 23 years of age. Mm. Can't believe she, that. She's won four slams. Yeah. So yep. um, yeah, she's dominant and she's probably set for a big year. And we sort of spoke about it yesterday when we were talking about the show and that, but just her maturity and her mental uh, approach to the game is improving. So it's it's probably scary to think that the older she gets, she's just gonna, as long as she stays fit, yeah. she's just gonna become really dominant, isn't she? Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, I think tennis is a sport where winners win. And I think we've seen that over the last couple of decades, you know, that the, the mindset when you start to win, whether it's Serena or Roger Federer, Djokovic, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think Asaki, you can see now, has got that at 23. Um, she's just, she's ready to go. And I think it's a real even field behind it. I think there's been 14 or 15 different winners leading into this um, Grand Slam, so she's bucked that trend. Mm. Wow. All right, let's uh, let's start to talk some AFL stuff, and it'll be interesting to see what the off-season scandals do to a couple of clubs. We've got Dimmer Hardwick. Are we going to? I don't know if we're going to go there, but then we've got Gary Rowan mm-hmm. down at Geelong. Geelong have got a couple of like big inclusions with Jeremy Cameron, and have picked up some pretty mature players in Higgins and Isaac Smith, and. And Nathan Buckley, Collingwood have had the off-season from hell. And yep. Buckley's been a busy boy in the off-season, and you probably would. Like, given the, the drama around the club, you'd probably want to blow off a little bit of steam. But, um, yeah, yeah, Collingwood pre- not, yeah, Collingwood have had a nightmare off-season. Um, didn't didn't have a good playing year in 2020 either, mm-hmm. uh, well below expectations, I would have thought. But they've lost their president, um, you know, coaches on the tear. Uh, they've had racism issues, salary kip salary cap issues they've had to get rid of one of their dominant midfielders in Trelaw he's gone to the Bulldogs um, so yeah they've got they've got some real issues Collingwood I think they're under pressure and losing Eddie um, will I think will hurt the club long term for sure mm. Mm. Yeah. it seems um, maybe it's because the international borders are closed or something like that but has the off-season drama been heightened by those international borders? All of a sudden, you know, all the stars and the big names can't play up because all, all of a sudden you can't start, get away. Yeah, you can't get away. Yeah. You're confined to Australia, and 
I guess the strange things happen in the hub bubbles and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah it seems like marriages are falling apart and um, there's lots of different scandals. And I'm sure we're only scratching the surface. There's all the, you know, we heard all the rumors about what was happening at Hawthorne too, but maybe a little shout out to um, simpleseparation.com. They're a low cost mm. divorce settlement uh, company. Yeah, yeah, you can log on. A few coaches, I think there's been four of them in the off-season uh, or 2020 in the hub, so they'll be uh, checking out the website just to uh, help them move forward. Yeah, it can wrap things up very quickly there. And I, I sort of, I thought it was a little bit funny with uh, with Clark. I think he appeared on another podcast, I think Dylan and Friends, and he mentioned that the Hawks have got this like, policy about the four Ps, the piss, the penis, the powder, and the punt. And before the players break off into the off-season, he reminds them just to be careful about the four Ps. What do you reckon about that? Um, I'm not sure how loud the message was. A few of um, <laughs> a few haven't heeded his advice, I would say. Um, uh, and unfortunately, they've made their you know their, their way into the media. I just think on the media, the point that you brought up before, I just think with not being able to get away, and also with the media being in a lot of shutdown roles, they're starved mm. for uh, stories as well. Yeah. So I think they may go looking for them a bit. Um, you know, you see many reporters down at the Sorrento Hotel, things like that, where they like to hang out. Normally, they would be overseas, getting away where they're not. Um, under media scrutiny, mm. unfortunately, they need a they need a release as well in the off season with um, the pressure they're under, and uh, unfortunately, they've been under the Australian media watch. So yeah, not too many um, stories get through untouched these days. Mm. So I think yeah. now that you've got a now you're on the Little Birdie podcast, you'll be you'll be they'll be dodging you down at the Sorrento <laughs> Hotel. I would have thought they're like, oh, here's Mark again. We're going to land on on the show this week. Um, yeah, can. <laughs> what I've heard, what I've heard, what uh, people like Nick have informed me of coming on the shows is it can go the other way as well. Is everyone wants to come and tell you the stories or tell you the oh, yarn? Yeah, in yeah little birdie tells. Yeah, tells that they us. get credit for um, for the story. So um, yeah, if you know, if anyone sees me in a bar, happy to buy a beer and listen to your story for sure. <laughs> yeah, we do like whispers, and uh, we'll keep your identity confidential now the nrl's back in a couple of weeks They're, they always go off a week earlier than us and it's just not they always go off yeah they do <laughs> and it's, there's been amazing drama this week sam burgess has got pulled over um and he's tested well, it's been alleged that he's um tested positive to cocaine on the way to pick up his kids it's just nrl it just always delivers the big story and we've got top rope Tadeshi yeah. coming on later and i can't wait he's like a kid in the candy store on the eve of NRL. There's no one that loves the game more than him, and he just lives and breathes. I said, how are you, mate? You ready for this week's show? And he just said he can't wait. He's just itching, itching for the for the action to come back. But I thought it was just timely. All of a sudden, the show comes back, and there's Burgess. He's just done us all a favour, and the show writes itself every week with the NRL. Yeah, I think that's what he likes most. He just wakes up every morning, and the story's already written for Tedeschi. So, um, yes, yeah, always plenty to talk about. As much as the AFL boys seem to get into trouble, the NRL guys always seem to uh, top it most years. So, mm, um, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cam Smith, Gold Coast and the Broncos, look set to sign him. I can't believe that this close to the season, he hasn't signed in the dotted line. But I guess the premiership market and the betting there would indicate... And a little whisper from Tedeschi thinks that Gold Coast Titans are in line there. We've seen what Tom Brady did with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. That's similar effect. Cam, Cam Smith's one of the greatest of the game. Probably the greatest, I yeah. would have thought. I don't know uh, who would be in front of him. His record's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I mean, you'd have to ask Cam Smith. I'm not sure what the purpose would be going to the Gold Coast, whether he can win another premiership with them or not. Um, Money's not uh, a thing. No. Um, maybe it's just not done playing. Mm. So. Maybe 450 games or whatever he's up to is not enough. Mm. Interesting article the other day, Andrew Webster in the City Morning Herald, he gave a little bit of a whack to PBL, the uh, the patron saint of the rugby league, um, <laughs> self-anointed. He, he was trying to get a police commissioner on the ARL commission to try and stamp out corruption in the game, a paid public servant on the ARL commission. He's got to be dreamy. And rightfully so, Gladys hasn't approved it. And... He's just a funny one, PBL. He he just floats things in the public domain and to see what the public sentiment is. And if they like it, he runs with it. And then if not, he goes, oh, no, we didn't want to do that anyway and, and sort of retracts. So there's a lot of hate coming around from uh, NRL fans that he's making decisions on whims and fan emails and, uh, you know, crazy ideas yeah. that sort of pop up into his brain. So, yeah, a big shout-out to Andrew Webster for just pulling him in the line because I know from a racing background... Um, there's not many journalists, if any, that are prepared to give PBL a whack. So I think it's uh, 
it's it's great for um, for journalism that that's happening. But let's uh, let's take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll get uh, into the serious stuff. We'll talk AFL premiership and wooden spoon markets, and we'll get Mark to run his eye over all the sides and where they're likely to fit into the premiership and wooden spoon markets. But Das. If you're betting horse racing, you're going to do your form with... Puntingform.com.au, Australia's best online form guide and database. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. This is a unique look at the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm joined by Mark Goodwill, the Kid MG, the AFL Sting in Little Birdie Land, and Darcy Spinks. And we're ready to get stuck into the AFL Premiership. Can your team win the flag this year, or are they destined for the spoon? I think we're just going to go straight from the top, MG. We're going to uh, the pointy end of the market, and yeah, we'll Dar- go to the Dar- top sport market. Darcy's team, she's tipped us uh, Richmond again this year over breakfast. And surprise, surprise, yeah. topsport.com.au. Yes, yeah. so we have Richmond at $4.60. MG, thoughts? Yeah, listen, they're hard to tip against in terms of what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, to obviously do what, say, a Brisbane team did in the early 2000s is, uh, you know, difficult to prove as well. They've had a bit of carnage in the off-season, which doesn't seem to hurt them. Mm. Um, they're priced in. I mean, you can't you can't pot Richmond if anyone likes them and stuff like that. You can't say, oh, Richmond can't win it or anything like that. They're going to be there at the business end. Um, yeah. They've got the most dominant player in the game, um, and they're well coached. I mean, the coach is, you know, he's, he's had a rough summer himself, but when, when round one rocks around and everything like that, they'll be ready to go Richmond. So... Um, you know, you got a lot of time to back them at 460, don't correct, you? Correct, yeah. yeah. There's no rush. No, there's no rush. Mm. And in most seasons so far, they've actually got out to bigger prices yeah, they for have. sure. So yeah. um, they will have a flat spot during the season. You just can't go. They're not going to go and win 20 games for the year or anything like that. So mm. um, you can pick your moment on Richmond, but when it comes down to September, they'll definitely be there. Mm. Yeah. Next up. Uh, then we have Geelong at $5.50. Interesting. They've been really active in the off-season. And we are speaking about it last week about Jeremy Cameron, the dynamic that you know, he's going to bring to that forward line. Yep. It's scary to think of the tools that they've got up forward. If you've got Hawkins, Dangerfield, and now Cameron, it's a nightmare for any club to defend that. I'm not sure many can defend it. And mm-hmm. I think the way that they're going to set up of um, the word out of Geelong is Dangerfield's probably going to play even more forward. Yep. Um, as Cameron will probably be the high centre-half forward because he's got an engine. Um, I think Dangerfield is probably the biggest winner out of the Cameron trade, to be honest. Um, he, you know, Fit and ready, he'll, he'll kick a lot of goals, take the pressure off Tom Hawkins, and yeah, they could really put some scores on the board this year. So Geelong are well found at the 550, but again, you, you know, the massive home ground advantage. They're a solid top four side. And you know they're in form at the end of the year. I know their grand final record is not great, but five fifty can't can't really talk anyone out of that either. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it's it's scary for me to be honest. I I'd, I'd I'd nearly mark them ahead of Richmond with that new recruit. Like when you think of Richmond yeah. when they got Tom Lynch, yep, it just freed it freed up Rewalt and it just causes absolute chaos. Yeah. So I, well, yeah, as much the, as I hate Geelong, yeah. I I think yeah. that they're the, they're the team to beat this year. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. When when Lynch went to Richmond, they had a plan B. Mm. So Rewalt was always plan A, and that's all they had. Lynch goes out. Cameron going to Geelong almost gives them an automatic plan C yep. because Dangerfield can play deep as well, and Tom Hawkins can get up the ground. So the, Scott won't need to be impatient when things aren't working for a quarter, mm. and he, he'll be able to toss them around and make sure they, they get scores on the board. So, yeah, they're going to be um, dominant and uh, probably can't see him missing top four. Yep. Next. Right, there you go. Uh, just quickly, who do you guys go for? I go for what? Hawthorne. Oh. I was Long-suffering. I grew up at Collingwood as yeah. a kid. Uh, when I started betting, I just dropped off and tried to become neutral. I know a lot of people don't believe me, but it's the truth. Really? And, uh, yeah, I just found it easier to, um, I don't know, assess form and stuff like oh, that if it's uh, neutral. So okay. he's, he's a different thinker, Mark, and yeah. we're sort of doing the mic warm-up. I've got to share this story, but... Um, our audio guy says, you know, count to 10, and everyone's one, two, three, and Darcy's one, two, three. And then Mark's like, well, what does everyone count up? Well, I'm going to count down. And I said, mate, we're not launching rockets. He said, not yet. We'll save that for the AFL season. <laughs> That's so funny. But need to be a different thinker to yes. win on the punt for sure. Definitely. So now we have Brisbane at $7.50. Yeah, I, I think Brisbane are probably, if I was going to have one pick now to invest pre-season, I don't like um, investing pre-season on future bets. I like to at least get into a couple of weeks. But Brisbane price-wise, I think, are at a good price point at the $7.50. Um, 
they're not ma- they're not massive value, but I just think their price point is good. They've got a very good home ground advantage. They've got some of the best, you know, one of the best defenders in the game. Obviously, the Brownlow medals was dominant last year. Their forward line, when you talk about Geelong's forward line mm-hmm. being stacked, Brisbane's is now the stacked. most stacked for mine, most okay. balanced. Um, if they get Danaher up and running, um, that could be that extra couple of percent that they need to to win a flag this year. So. I think Brisbane at seven fifty could be a team that will shorten as the year goes on. It's mm, an interesting one. I don't know if he is the silver bullet. To get him on the track seems mission impossible. And if they couldn't win it last year at their home deck when everything went right for them, how are they going to come down and win at MCG? Fair point. I think um, he doesn't need to be the silver bullet. It's not. It's like Lynch coming to Richmond. Mm. He was part, you know, part of the uh, the jigsaw that they needed. Yep. And Danaher doesn't need to go out and kick 50, 60, 70 goals. Mm. If they get him on the park, play 18 games even, just contribute, kick 40 maybe goals yep. and be part of the team, create the chaos for everybody else. Um, you know, you're only talking a couple of percent different when you get down to the last four and Brisbane are on the upward curve. So I just think at 750, I think, you know, there'd be one I'd definitely tip in for the um, early punters. Mm. Okay, interesting. All right, now we have Port Adelaide at $8. Uh, probably a little short for mine. Um, a solid team, good home ground advantage. Um, obviously, at the top end, they've got no real weaknesses. Their defense can be a bit shaky at times, I think. I think they're a bit undersized, and I think that's where they get found out coming at the business end. So if you like Port, I just think I think they're a bit unders for mine. Mm, Arazio Fantasia, Essendon to Port. Um, yeah, he's going to put some runs on the board. I think he's um, he had one good one good season, maybe. I think he's um, he's yeah. We'll wait until we'll see he um, turns out. He's a bit of a myth at the moment for mine. So um, not a fan. No, nah, not a fan. He just hasn't put runs on the board. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's a lot of players Hype that play on potential, him. and yep. at some stage they've got to put runs on the board. Maybe the change of scenery will help him out, new coach, new structure, and stuff like that. But he won't be carrying him to a premiership. It won't be the difference. Fair. Right. Okay. Then we have West Coast Eagles at nine dollars. West Coast always in the market. Um, very strong club. Um, their list is, matches up with most. Got a dominant home ground advantage. Um, they're probably always on the underside of value. They're hard team to catch in terms of, of getting a good true price from because they're always well supported. Mm. You know, home home states massive for them and stuff like that. Got some big punters behind them at West Coast. So. Um, won't talk you out if you like them. I just think they're about the right price. I don't think there's too much value there. Okay. A bit short early. Yeah. Then we have the Western Bulldogs at $13. Yeah, I think um, Western Bulldogs and St Kilda, both the same price, $13. And I think if you like them, you can't be talked out of them. Um, I don't think they're overly value. If I was going to pick one of the two, I'd probably pick the Bulldogs. Um, I think they probably underperformed last year. They had big wraps on them going into 2020 and probably didn't perform. Um, I think Trelaw's massive going mm. going to the Bulldogs because I see their structure setting up where Bont will go forward, a bit yep. like Dangerfield for Geelong. I think with that midfield, Bont, he, he will play midfield minutes, yep. but I would be surprised if he doesn't play more the Dangerfield um, ratio forward, and that makes their forward line very dangerous. He's a very good kick for goal, um, and he's a very good overhead mark as well. So I, th- I think I'd prefer the Bulldogs over St Kilda at the same price, yep. but... I'm not sure their value in the market either. Mm, I sort of, right. I tipped up the Bulldogs as my mover for last season at the start of the year, and uh, yeah, I love Trelaw. I think he's just an absolute magnet, and probably we love a rort here at the show. No doubt about it. And we'll talk about a little, some more rorts later in the show. But Jamari Hagen, hopefully I've said his name right there. But to, for him to go pick one of the Western Bulldogs is, I just can't get my head around it. Now they've scrapped the whole system and these matching bid things. The AFL make a lot of mistakes, and there's. A mistake they're making at the moment. They're trialling a rule at the moment where the player has to stand still on the mark. And there's some footage on our Twitter page, at Little Birdie Pod, and there's a 50-metre penalty in an Essendon practice match where the player deviates a little bit off the mark. If they bring this rule in, and I'm spewing that our mate OB couldn't be on the show today because he worked in the department around the sort of Stephen Hawking AFL rules sort of area. I was going to give him an absolute bake for this rule, and I wanted to tee off again about how Jamara Ugelhagen has ended up at the Western Bulldogs. It is a complete and utter rort. What do you think? I would say uh, if it was Hawthorne, you'd be less up and about about <laughs> it for mine, um, which Hawthorne do have a way of finding every rort. So you're just disappointed <laughs> that you've missed out on the rort, I think. Um, 
they, they, I mean, you got to play within the rules when they're there. Yeah. And if the AFL we'll block them afterwards, then that's you know kudos to the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, they look like they've stolen, stolen one, and we'll see how it works out. I don't think he'll be. He might not be a massive impact player this year. Yep. And I think the way the Bulldogs are set up, they can probably give him time to develop being a young, maybe key forward. So you might see more of him in, in 22, I think. Mm, the, the replays on him are just unbelievable. He just takes marks standing on blokes' heads and yeah. he's quick. He just seems like the all-round player. Yeah. It's, he's something to watch. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if the Bulldogs do um, set out a plan for him and whether they get close at the pointy end of the year, whether they try and get him into the makeup and and maybe give him a crack at it towards the back end of the year or mm. just, you know, give him a plan where say, go in the um, reserves, build up your, your strength, your work and whatever, and we'll get you ready for 2022. But maybe he might be an X factor towards the end of the year. Mm. So are you backing him again this year? Are you going to... Well, I'll probably have to go down with the ship again, again, just right. spec the Bulldogs. But again, like at $13, it looks a touch skinny for me. But um, I'll have to have a look at the first half of their draw and if they look like they're going to get off to a flyer, um, yeah, I might be tempted. But I think it was like $26 I took last year. So. Yeah. I, I, think, I think history shows with teams like the Bulldogs in opposition to West Coast is you always seem to get value on teams like the Bulldogs mm. and St Kilda because they maybe don't have the supporter base. Yep. Yeah. So I think during the year, you don't have to rush into the Bulldogs, I wouldn't have thought. You can, as you said, just see how they're going early and stuff like that, how their midfield gels. Um, Trelaw will fit in. He's a magnet. Mm. What about, um, let's talk, they're, I guess, your contenders. So you've highlighted Richmond, Geelong, Brisbane, Port, West Coast Eagles, uh, Western Bulldogs, and St Kilda as all genuine threats. Uh, do you want to talk quickly about St Kilda? Yeah, St Kilda, uh, again, probably a side that was touted last year. Uh, they've done a lot of recruiting, and they recruited well last year. I think they got a lot out of um, the recruits they got. Um, I just not sure if they where their improvement is going to come to take the next step. So I would say that it'd be on the bottom half of the eight. Um, but they'll they'll give you a good ride for your money. They're an exciting team. I like the way they do play. Um, but again, I just think you know there's no great surprises in the market, and one will jump up from last year. But I just think that the top sides are just too solid. Mm. I think I, I don't think the gap's closing in the AFL. I, I still think it's widening. I think it's widening. Yep. I, you know, I mean, you'd. You sit here pre-season and you'd be very surprised if someone outside that group would win the premiership. Yeah, wow. Well, that rounds off your contenders. Let's talk about sides in the middle of the, from the middle of the road. That they're just going to be thereabouts and there's not much wow factor about them. Who's next to us? All right, so we have Collingwood at $13. That looks bulk unders to me. Mm. And they might be a little bit of a victim of just popularity. Are they just overbet all the time? Yes. Yeah. And week to week overbet? Uh, I would say generally, yeah. They just got their supporter base. Their media coverage is just too great. Yeah. Um, they're they're definitely one that I would stay away from at the mo- moment. They've had a um, horrendous off season, mm. um, and I just couldn't come in at the thirteen dollars. And I can only see them drifting for sure. Really, that's interesting. Okay, then we have GWS at twenty six dollars. Not sure with GWS. I think the the window's passed on GWS. Um, they've had a stack list for a long time, couldn't get the job done, went really close um, in a loss uh, in the grand final. Um, again, just keep leaking players. Um, I, sh- I would say they just miss the eight. Mm, I can't oh, come at them at all. No. Yeah, not, th- not for me. Okay, yep. Then we have Melbourne at $26. <sighs> the D's, uh, eh? They're the same as GWS. <laughs> what, how do you describe Melbourne? Um, I'd, you know, you'd never want to be born in being a <laughs> Melbourne supporter. Um, I feel sorry for my old, my old man barracks for Melbourne. Oh, and he's really? always barracked for Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and I think during the fifties, I think they won four in a row. And, mm-hmm. uh, so he would have been excited as a kid. And since then it's just evaporated. Oh. So, um, yeah, the, to tell you the truth is one team in the AFL in my time, I wouldn't want to barrack for, and I understand why they go the snow every winter. Is Melbourne? Yeah, just they just disappoint. Like it's it was funny. Mark Mark said yesterday. He, he said it's like going to kittens or the strippers without twenties. That's what <laughs> that's what being a Melbourne supporter is like. That was and, a different Mark that said oh, that. Not you. <laughs> it was a different Mark. I thought it was. Oh uh, I thought it was classic. It um, it made <laughs> so a lot of funny. sense to me. Next up. Yep. Then we have Carlton at twenty nine dollars. These guys have had a pretty rough off-season, haven't they? The injuries are stacking up for Carlton. They are, yeah. They were one probably um, before Christmas that you could entertain at a price, Carlton. Mm. Their list is building. 
Um, I know they still can't get Charlie Kernos there. He's there probably missing link to their puzzle at the moment. They just can't get him on the park. Loves getting injured with other sports. Um, their list and their best team is definitely good enough to make the eight. And I think um, they could probably just sneak into the eight. But what we've seen um, in the new year, their list is, I think it's 12, 15 deep now. And they've got a lot that won't line up in round one and a couple of weeks in. So they look good value on paper, Carlton. But they might have a tough draw early. Um, and they, I think they might drift a little. But I, I still think they can entertain the eight. Probably can't win the flag. Mm. Yep. That'll be interesting to watch. Then we have Fremantle at $41. Can't have Frio. Um, they're just too reliant on one player. Um, they they got no scoring capacity. Um, got a good home ground advantage and stuff like that. They've got some young kids. Just, I just don't think they've got the, the, big, the heavy hitters, the big names other than five um, to make the finals. So I couldn't entertain Frio. I might leave the room for the next one. <laughs> now we have Hawthorne at $81. How do we feel about that one? Oh, flat as attack, to be honest. I've yeah. got, I don't know if I'm going to go to the MCC much at all. Like, yeah. Lucky COVID restrictions <laughs> are still hit, but I'll be heavily sedated drinking lots of red wine if I'm at the footy. I think Darcy might need to get two memberships, one for your dad and one for, uh, for Nick. <laughs> I'm not jumping on the Tigers. I'm going to have to uh, just cheer my, my second time, seeing the Bulldogs. Maybe you can get a little birdie um, family pack <laughs> of, of membership and just take everybody because... Um, yeah, Nick's not going to see too many wins. I wouldn't have thought with Hawthorne there. Uh, Liss is on the way down. Um, and, yeah, I can't entertain that. They, you know, they're, they're just not a bet. Yeah, I, I, I sort of mentioned on la- the end of last season that Clarker may have lost his sort of edge and lost the hunger and not ruthless enough. Did you tell him that personally? All I wanted to, yeah. Oh, I was going to call oh, him. I hope he's listening. <laughs> might fire him up, you know. <laughs> yeah, four Ps. I don't know about the four Ps, but we've got some big, big problems. Well, you didn't listen to him in the off-season with the four Ps. So. You know, mate, it's, it's been very hard to get wired down in Melbourne with COVID restrictions. So I've been very well behaved. I'm ready for a blowout. <laughs> Gold Coast Suns? Yep. Now we have the Gold Coast Suns at $81. They're now, the same as Hawthorne. These guys were having a bit of a blowout. They're Burley Pavilion. Uh, I did spy Matt Rowell on the Long Island Ice Tees, and a couple of the boys were just going absolutely crazy on the at the Burley Pav and why wouldn't you it's an amazing venue yeah, have you been there oh, I'm yet to go there but I've just seen and I really need to go there it looks awesome yeah. we'll organise a little birdie road trip <laughs> sounds we'll good think, yeah. yeah I just think I think with the Suns at 81 Swans at 71 I think they're closer to the, the wooden spoon area than the flag I just think um, you know you couldn't make it up it's just percentage at the moment these back end teams and um, I, I can't see either one making the finals they may improve a little bit Gold, Gold Coast have got some upward spiral, but they're a long way off making the eight, in my opinion. Rao just can't carry them mm. to the finals yet and needs support. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big brand man, and I just I can't see them winning or making the finals until they change their jumper. It looks like an under-10s Oz kick sort of set up, and surely they've got the budget somewhere to find a, a new design. I think Port Adelaide went to their fans to, to find some of their jumper, right. and I think once their team gets better, they need to change that strip. It, it looks like Oz kick, yeah. and until that, the players just aren't going aren't gonna to make it. It's a lateral. It doesn't make any sense, but... That's that's my firm opinion on so how it's bad fashion they're based that they're well, not a performing. Bit. Darcy oh. knows you got to present well, right. feel confident. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's a bad jumper, it's a bad jumper. Right. They need, they need it. Could be bad luck as well. Maybe our uh, little birdie creative team could send a few <laughs> samples through. We've um, you know, we've done a beer, so we'll, we'll do the AFL footy jumpers next. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we've uh, we're going to launch a little birdie lager, a, a mid-strength beer. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the show, but we're going to get you guys at home to vote on the label, and um, we've all got our opinions in here, but. Let's round out the AFL segment with uh, the wooden spoon. You touched on it before, but Das, who's the favourite for the wooden spoon? Sorry, just quickly. Uh, then we have the Sydney Swans at seventy-one dollars. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm not sure how much uh, game time Franklin's got left. Um, I'd be surprised to see him too much on the park. But I just think the Swans um, have got too much ground to make up. I couldn't entertain them this, this year. Mm. Okay. I just think they're going to be a real middle of the road kind of twelfth kind of range. I think. Um, maybe eight games at this stage it looks like they're rated for so they, they can't win the premiership and then we might have a look at the wooden spoon whose yes. favourite to us so then we have North Melbourne at $2.30 I think yeah so I was speaking to Nick yesterday and I believe and a few others also as well um, North Melbourne in my opinion are the wrong favourite and I think they're too short um, 
I would definitely be staying away from North. They're not going to win many games this year, um, but Adelaide at $5 and Essendon at $7, the mm. second and third in the market, um, they're going to struggle as well. So I would I would rather be taking the value definitely on Adelaide. I would have them much closer together, and I'm surprised Adelaide aren't almost favourites for this market. I think at $5, they're, uh, they're a good early bet. I know it's hard to bet on the wooden spook because he, he got a cheer against the side every, got a death every week. Yeah, and it might be, it might be a, like a one-two game for North and Adelaide combined kind of thing. So it might be a close count, but I just think um, I think at the value, I think if um, for if you wooden spoon better, I think the five dollars for Adelaide, seven dollars for Essendon represents pretty good value. Mm, they are a bit of a rabble at the moment, Adelaide, and and so are North Melbourne. They've t- they've lost Ben Brown, their big goal kicker, and now they've got a new coach in David Noble. So yeah, it's 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 scary times for for both clubs and Essendon leaking players isn't great either. No, I think um, it's going to be hard yards for Essendon this year. I think they've um, just had news break yesterday when we were writing the show that um, Hurley's probably in danger for at least the first half of the year. He's got a hip infection. Um, they just can't afford to lose any top end that they've got left. Um, they've lost a lot of speed. They've got a new coach. He looks like he's defensive orientated as well. So any Essendon supporters out there might be it's going to be tough real. watching. Mm. Might be a tough year for him, yeah. Mm. Essendon Hawthorne round one might be the only time that we get to really enjoy two sides just going like the clappers. It, it's not going to be uh, <laughs> get one on the be... board early for you. Yeah, and I've also uh, I also heard there's a just just what Melbourne needs is there's a flesh eating virus out the <laughs> Essendon Mooney Mooney Valley sort of suburban area. So just when tourism needed a bit of a kick in Melbourne, there's a there's a flesh eating virus out there. So fingers oh. crossed that blows over, but. Um, <laughs> I think they're the early uh, the early specs from you. So you've got Brisbane Lions at the 750. I'm sort of leaning the Cats, probably Captain Obvious here. And then you're saying that Adelaide at the $5 and perhaps uh, Essendon at $7 is sort of the value in the wooden spoon market. But um, I think that wraps up our AFL segment. And as you can see, Mark is, um, is pretty opinionated and he's going to put his balls on the line. He's already doing it in the AFL women's. He's been uh, sending his tips out there and he's having a good little run at the moment. But... Um, yeah. Das, if Sorry. they want to find more of Mark's stuff. Yeah, so if you like what you hear, Mark's AFL Sting subscription packs are available in the Little Birdie Shop, Charlie's stuff in the new AFLW and men's preseason matches. The markets are soft, but Mark's handicapping is strong. Never a true word spoken. <laughs> We're going to take a little bit of a break and a freshen up, but we've got Top Rope Tadeshi joining us to talk everything rugby league and our favourite segment, the Hall of Fame. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Nick Heathcote, a.k.a. Scoot, and we've got the kid, MG, Mark Goodwill, on debut, and Darcy Spinks joins us again. But now it's time for Top Rope Tedeschi time. We've had, it feels like an eternity. We've been locked down in COVID, in and out, but the man who knows rugby league better than anyone else, Nick Tedeschi, joins us. Welcome back, Top Rope. Great to have you on board. Veteran of the team these days. Veteran of the team. Great Mate, to be back. What, there's big news breaking all across Australia yesterday. The Zinger Tower, it's back, and it's on sale only until March 22nd. What's the line of Zinger Tower burgers that you'll consume in this little month period? I already had one yesterday. I know my wife's going away for this uh, <laughs> weekend this weekend, and I'm going to Adelaide, so I'm going to set the line at four and a half in the next two weeks. <laughs> in the next two weeks. I can't believe they've only released them for a month, but it's probably just a marketing stunt to drive up early sales. Clearly, once the Zinger Tower gets back onto the menu, they have to keep it on forever. Have you had one? No, I haven't. It's like, so they've got a, a chicken burger, and it's got a hash brown in it. Das, so I'm Is tipping... KFC? KFC. Yeah, Zinger. So I was thinking, what? Alice's Zinger. Yeah, no, I haven't had one. No, surprisingly not. <laughs> <laughs> you may I'll, I'll, I'll be game. honest, your, your recruitment's looking a little a little shaky this year. We've got two, 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 two kids in. KFC is not on the agenda. I'm not sure where this. I'm not sure where little birdie twenty twenty one's headed. But I'm, yeah. I'm hey, look, in moment. my defence, I am vegetarian, but I do like the KFC chips. I will admit. Yeah, everyone loves KFC chips. <laughs> we'll get them for lunch today, Top Rope. We'll get them for lunch. <laughs> now, Top Rope, we're season one um, viewers will know all about the Hall of Fame. We had Anthony Seabold. We had a couple of different plungers. It's a little, I guess it's a take the piss and it's a little bit of fun that we have in the little birdie world. 
and we induct someone every week into the Hall of Fame for doing something magical on the punt. And who better to do that with than Top Rope Tedeschi? Top Rope, it's been a big off-season. There could be many, many that we could induct into the Hall of Fame. And even Andrew Webster, I sort of touched on him earlier. Maybe he's the only Sydney journo capable of holding PVL to account. Is 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 Webby alive anymore? Who knows? He's gone off Twitter. PVL <laughs> has a strong reach. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned for Webby's welfare, to be perfectly honest. He's uh, he's uh, gone missing in action. No, there's no there's no need to hold PVL to account. There's just no need to hold. Just let PVL run his game. You know, everything will flow on from there. I assume the AFL season not starting until PVL says it's okay. We'll just all move on and let, let the great man run, run Australia. Now, the last person that we inducted into the Hall of Fame at the end of the year was Willie Pye. I think he rode five winners, and it was an absolute fill-up for punters. We've had Brett Naden, we've had Alex Johnson, we've had Joe Marrera, Benny Arn, the Wolf, the William Hill Wolf, Jamal Murray, Barosha, the text message that just swept the nation. It was Clayton Douglas, it was a sting, and now that horse is in Hong Kong. Huey Bowman is in there? There's been many. The top rope. What about the table? What about the table tennis player and and, and their current link, the 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 Boris, the sixty-four-year-old table tennis player, and the, the 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 subsequent links to Australia for a Ukrainian table tennis court. They all get in. They all get in. And and it sort of posed questions when all of a sudden the Ukrainian table tennis was to the fore. It led Top Rope and I to believe that maybe the Ukrainian table tennis league didn't even exist. People were betting on thin air. I 100% still believe that to be the case. But you know what? Thin Airs is good enough to bet on as anything else. So why not? <laughs> oh, top rope. Andrew Webster, is he in the frame? Surely for this week. Who have you got? Oh, absolutely not in the frame. No one who slags PBL. If you're listening, PBL, I'm a loyal servant. <laughs> Stick with me. Um, oh, look, there's many it could be in, yeah, the, yeah, from a racing point of view. Very, very hard to go past the incomparable Jamie Carr, who just keeps riding everything. But, you know, one of my favourite things to, to, to bet on every year is the national anthem at the Super Bowl, the length. It snuck over this year. There was a bit of a rort going on on in terms of that someone had recorded the 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 uh, rehearsal. It went, the line moved 16, the line moved 16 seconds. It still just lobbed over. And it caused friend of the show, dumpling lover, KFC man, <laughs> man about town himself, Anthony Jupp to recount one of the great stories of all time when he pretended to work for a British uh, television station called NBC to find out how long the anthem would go exactly so he could send it out to the next ad break and have no doubt launched into it, into the over or the under or whatever it was. So friend of the show, Juppy, our first 2021 Hall of Famer, absolute legend, absolute icon of he's one of he's one of the great rotors of all time. We'll have to uh, we'll retweet it, but it did around Super Bowl time. Juppy alerted us to the fact that he was he 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 he, he, he posed as an NBC producer, and he wanted to know how long to cut to the breaks. It's absolute top-notch level of rorting and it sort of led me to you know jog the memory back on how many rorts and what was sort of the the greatest rort of all time we've already mentioned western bulldogs recruiting jamara Uglehagen as one of the best rorts going around but i remember the diana chain mail when she won master shift that was absolutely huge and there was asha Ketty when she won the gold logie everyone knew it was already over the line william hill chased the ace can you can you remember a big rort mark in your career uh, Apart from Djokovic, dollar ninety to win the men's <laughs> final. That's probably the most recent. It's just money. No, I'd you, you obviously won't be in the Manjura Dogs last night. Scoot, uh, uh, <laughs> if that was your most recent. It's three days since then, mate. Uh, best rot? Best rot. Um, yeah, I had one. Uh, uh, was it the uh, singing comp, the uh, Aussie Idol? Yep. Um, the singing software had a uh, person ring up from I knew at a recording studio, and said that the uh, the uh, winner is coming to record the uh, winning song for the uh, for the show. Casey Donovan. Yes. So spent the uh, best part of that day ringing up everybody to uh, to crush her, and uh, then I get a text from the same person the next morning saying that the uh, other contestant is now coming to record Guy Sebastian. His winning song. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> spent that day crushing back the other side. So I had one bookie that I spoke to afterwards said, uh, you've got very weird betting patterns. In fact, uh, both of them in the two in 24-hour spell, basically. So that was um, uh, interesting. I told that person never to call me again. <laughs> so it's like a reverse roar. Yeah, got the winner, though. <laughs> now, Anthony Jupp, a great uh, nomination for the Hall of Fame. He was uh, he should be actually nominated for the Hall of Fame based on his work on the couch. I think he had about eight VB tinnies and carried the stream with DK, and he avoided Rex the Sausage Dog, too. I think uh, my little dash hound that was on the live stream, he took a fond liking to DK, but we'll talk about that more on tomorrow's show, Bet Doctor, our racing show. But we might take a little bit of a break and we'll come back with Top Rope Tedeschi and all his rankings for the Premiership and the wooden spoon market. But Darst, if you're betting this week? Topsport.com.au, the biggest betting online bookie, taking on everyone. They don't reject bets and bet the biggest limits. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look at the world of sports betting through the eyes of professional punters. I'm your host, Nick Heathcote. I'm joined by Darcy Spinks and the kid MG, Mark Goodwill. He's been huge on Naboo, but we're talking NRL. We're talking the Rockwell League at the moment, and we've got Top Rope Tedeschi joining us on the dial. In Top Rope, the NRL Premiership market, we're going to go runner by runner, and you'll just froth at this. You'll be chomping on the bit, and oh. you've waited all, all <laughs> summer for this moment. Are you ready? It has been a long, long off-season. I don't know how we did those two months, but we we, we, <laughs> we we just need to get back into some footy. Now, let's go from the top. Das, topsport.com.au odds. Yes, so the first one, we have the Penrith Panthers at $5. The runner-up, Tadesh. False favourites. Uh, look, they're one of five teams who can win it all, but everything broke their way last year. They could not have had a better run. They had a great run of injuries. They won all the close games. Uh, I, I, I think the best bet around them is missing them to make the top four. About two dollars thirty. Uh, definitely taking them on. Not backing them for the premiership at that price. Uh, they've lost a lot of their depth this year. Uh, I think there's a fair bit of regression now on the Panthers. I'm happy to bet against them. Mm. Okay. okay. Interesting. Then we have the South Sydney Rabbitohs at six dollars. Scoots team. Yeah, I, I love the Bunnies this year. I've got the Bunnies making a grand final. I think they are the biggest threat to my premiership selection, my top premiership selection, which we'll talk about very, very soon. Uh, Bunnies have done well this year. They've, they've recruited well. They've got uh, not a lot of big names, but they recruited Jai Arrow, a, a really good middle. Uh, and they've, just kind of got, they've got some experience in Benji Marshall uh, to, to, to back up some, some you know, quality young back rower in, in Jacob Host. And, and a winger. They're, one of their real big issues last year was kick return. Josh Mansour is one of the best kick returners. Rucks it out of his own line in the game. Oh, I think the Bunnies are, are in for a big, big year. Love their back one. Best back one in the comp. Uh, yeah, around the $6, I think, I think you can have a, a, a bet on them to win it all. And I think the, there's about dollar eighty-five for them to make the top four. They'll, they'll be in the top four. No risk at all. And Wayne Bennett. It could be just a Cinderella story, just handing the reins over. Wayne Bennett's final year as coach. Absolutely, he'll be all in this year. Uh, you might see them make a, a couple of uh, mid-season moves if required. He has no interest in South in 2022. He is all in South 2021. I think uh, he's a big, big factor this year. And, and, and this might be Wayne's last great chance to win the Premiership. I can't see him lobbying with a contender in the next couple of years. So, uh, yeah, Wayne Bennett and uh, South this year, big year. Okay. Cool. Then we have the Sydney Roosters at $6.50. Uh, severely underrated the Roosters. Uh, look, they've flown under the radar a bit this year. They've still got a very strong list. They've got one of the best coaches in the game in Trent Robinson. Uh, look, I, I've, I haven't got them making the grand final this year, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did jump in. Uh, price is about right. Uh, I think they'll be in the top four. I know $1.85 is available there. The Desperados out there can definitely chime in if you're after a bet on the, on, on, on the Chooks. But... Uh, uh, I wouldn't be backing them to kind of finish anywhere outside the top four. They are just too good and too well coached. Have you have you lit a candle for Sonny Bill Williams leaving the club? Uh, I, I have lit. I have lit. A, I have lit a fire. Unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't been able to get the effigy built to uh, 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 to honour his he's leaving rugby league again. 
but uh, hopefully we never see him again. Hmm. For you guys, uh, top top rope isn't a fan of Sonny Bill Williams. He's one of his arch nemesis. Does right. Ter- terrible person, terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then we have Melbourne Storm at $7. I cannot believe the price of the Storm here. I, I really can't. They, one, I guess one of the concerns at the Storm is Cameron Smith won't be there this year. The Storm have reprinted, rebuilt their team. This is not this is not a continuation on of the Storm era of days gone by with Slater. This is an entirely new team. Munster, Pappenhausen, Harry Grant's back. This is a team that can, can, can dominate and be in the top four again for the next 10 years. I absolutely love the Storm this year. They are the best roster rating. I think they've upgraded their back line with the, 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 the recruitment of Ramos Smith. Obviously, Cameron Smith leaving is a big out, but they've got the second and third best hookers in rugby league in, in Brandon Smith and Harry Grant. So I think the Storm are tremendous. I've got them winning 20 of 24 regular season games this year. I think they win the minor premiership easily. I think that's a tremendous bet. $7 to win the Premiership is absolutely a bet. And the best bet you'll have all season, dollar, I think $1.90 to make the top four, absolutely free. Get this on it, a... 10 units. Mortgage, remortgage the house, do whatever you need to. Gamble responsibly, of course, but just get as much <laughs> as you can. And then, and, and then get some more on. So for the early adopters of Little Birdie podcast, Nick Tedeschi came out swinging with Melbourne Storm on a similar vein of you know form and confidence about the Storm, and he was proven right. He absolutely nailed the futures, and Storm were anchored in everything. And Mark, I know you've been in the betting circles for a very long time, and Storm are a bit of an auto bet for you, and especially in recent times, you love the Storm. Yeah, well, I, I, I get told from rugby league traders all the time that they just continue to uh, pop Melbourne Storm because they're Melbourne team. And the Sydney markets are stronger and they keep putting up decent odds. They always seem to make the top four and give you a run come the last two weeks of the season. They don't always win, but at the prices they keep putting up. I think last year, top rope was they, they were at least six fifty or $7 again at some stage, weren't they? That, they, they were about $8 in the preseason at one stage. It mm. was it was just stupidity. And every year, like, I, I, I've almost come to the point where I tip the storm regardless every year. Like, at the end of the day, you want a team that's well-coached, and a team with with, with with quality players who know how to play the game. And they just, like you said, you've just nailed it. They give you a run every year. This is not a team that's, you know, the, the backside's going to fall out of them and they're not going to do any good. You're going to get a run with the Storm every year. Mm. And Harry Grant really announced himself in the State of Origin game on the big stage, didn't he? Yep. And was, yeah, he was he was top three in the Dell M for the first half of the year last year. So, uh, yeah, Harry Grant, really good young player. Uh, there's, there's nothing to worry about with the Storm Machine. Mm, no Cam Smith, no worries. <laughs> then we have the Canberra Raiders at $9.50. The milk. Yeah, I think these are the team that have probably been undervalued again. Uh, we'll be putting up a graphic, I think, on Little, uh, little B next week around how teams that, that have a great record covering the spread and teams that don't. The Raiders are typically undervalued by the market all the time. Uh, they're uh, a tremendous record. Uh, I think they will, will. They can sneak into the top four. A few question marks on their three-quarter line, but look, they've got a very, very good pack. They've, rec- they've probably got the best recruit of the year, Ryan James. I think it's just going to add, add to their middle there. Uh, it's going to require a little bit of coaching. I think, I'm not entirely sure all the pieces gel 100% together, but uh, I, I think they're pretty good value at the $9. I, I have a little, little check coin, but I think the best value is uh, I think at two twenty about them to make the top four of the Raiders, so I'll be on the Raiders' top four. Mm, so that rounds out the chances for, for top row for premiership contenders. Penrith Panthers, South Sydney Rabbits, the Roosters, the Storm, and the Canberra Raiders. Let's talk, I guess, a little bit quickly about the teams in the middle of the road. Who's, who kicks them off? Yeah, so then we have the Gold Coast Titans at $13. Top row? Yeah, I, I, I kind of have grouped probably four or five teams together here. I don't think there's much between, between Manly, Newcastle, Gold Coast, Parramatta, the Sharks, and, and maybe the Warriors here. Uh, the, the Titans probably have more upside than anyone else. Uh, I, I, I would... I, Cameron Smith will play for the Titans this year. I don't think it'll be announced before the season. I think he will come in, play a key role kind of from maybe round eight onwards with, with, with the Titans, but he will be their hooker. I think they've got plenty of upside. They've recruited well. They signed David Peter and Tino Farmuselli. Uh 
So I think that uh, they're in for a big year of times. I think they can return to the top eight, but uh, still a few question marks. I don't, think, I don't think they can go on and win it all. Okay. So not the not the Tom Brady effect. We sort of spoke about it before. Tom Brady just stepped into Tampa Bay and then everyone started just to lift around him. Do they have the cattle for Cam Smith to do uh, similar or not quite? I, I, if Cam Smith goes there, they, they will... They'll go close to having the cattle if things break right. They probably don't have the halves, but with Cameron Smith, he can probably overcome that a little bit. But I think I, I, would, I would put them on the... I would have to seriously consider making them a contender if Smith lobs. Mm. And then we might zip down to the wooden spoon, given we're pressed for time. But yep. who's favourite to for the wooden spoon, Dars? The favourite is the Brisbane Broncos at $4.00. Then we have St. George Dragons at $4.80, Canterbury Bulldogs at $5, West's Tigers at $7, and North Queensland Cowboys at $17. Do you what want to start think? with the Broncos, yeah, reckon, the rabble? Uh, Broncos are a complete out of rabble. Somehow the Wooden Spoon team has gotten worse. They've lost uh, Dave Fafita and their coach <laughs> uh, is, an idiot, is an idiot, to be perfectly honest. So... Uh, <laughs> They're, they're, and they've got the hardest draw in the comp, so they're in for a long, long year, the Broncos. Uh, I, I think but between them and the Dragons, they're the two that are, are really going to fight it out. Um, I'm leading a bit towards the Dragons. They've lost Cameron McInnes, which was a, a pretty big pretty big injury. Corey Norman's been suspended for at least a week, so uh, they're, they're, they're diabolical at the moment. So uh, I'm happy to bet the Dragons. I think they're the value in the wooden spoon market. Well, it's going to be a fascinating year of rugby league and the Melbourne Storm, there it is again. Top rope's all over him. Mark's just nodding. He'll start to just parlay up every single leg of futures that he can find to have a big, fat trip to Hawaii. COVID will be over by that stage, so we're going to dine on the Melbourne Storm and even Canberra Raiders are fancied as the big threat there and the early value in the market. So I think it's 7 and $9 respectively at topsport.com.au, but... Top Rope, you've been fantastic with the Jumpstart into the Hall of Fame. And Das, if, uh, if yeah. punters like what they hear. Yeah, so if you like what you hear, Nick Tedeschi's subscription packs are available in the Little Birdie Shop under GGOA, the greatest game of all, $55 for his season pack. Check it out. Thanks for joining us, uh, Top Rope. Any final thoughts? Uh, team, I am just absolutely gagged for the Rugby League to start. Charity Shield this weekend. You can get you can get a look at what you'll be getting with the subscription service this year, only a dollar ten at the page Dars just mentioned. So uh, get on board that, and we'll uh, we're ready to rumble with some rugby league betting. Yeah, it's, the season guide is unbelievable reading. It's yeah. a little bit of comedy, but there's in-depth analysis across every team. It's got rankings, how they're going to perform, and the amount of prop markets and side bets that you can get on team wins, on try scoring markets. If you want to get set for your bets for the NRL season. You cannot go past Nick Tedeschi's season guide at fifty bucks or fifty bucks plus GST. It's an absolute steal. But that's us. It's been a long show, massive show. Um, there's been some big insight here, but I think the takeaways are Brisbane Lions, the early play for the AFL Premiership, and definitely the Melbourne Storm and Canberra Raiders are the teams to beat there. And South Sydney Rabbitohs are expected to go really well in the NRL. Favorite part of the show, Mark? Any highlights or? Uh, nah, Top Rope's coverage is good at the NRL. It's good to see he's tipped up the storm. He sounds like a smart man. And uh, I was having a quick read of his uh, his uh, form analysis last night, and it's uh, it's in-depth, and it covers a lot of ground. So if you're into your NRL betting, especially for futures, it's the time to get it now. Das, we've unearthed another Richmond Tigers supporter amongst the faithful, so I'm going to hear yeah. a, a lot of about... It's going to be a long year for you. It's going to be a long year for me. Yeah. Yeah. Although your Rabbitohs are tipped to go well. Yeah, they, so. might, they might provide some highlights. I think they got the Storm, I think, round one. And a little birdie <laughs> told me that uh, the Melbourne Storm are a little bit behind in their training schedule as well. So they're not quite as fit. So when you hear rumours like that, it's probably likely they're going to come out and just go 32 and just absolutely smash the Rabbitohs to pieces because some of those rumours are well off the mark and a lot of teams just come out firing anyway. But um, thanks for joining us, Top Rope. We'll see you next week. Absolute pleasure, guys. Till next week. Now, Little Birdie listeners and fans at home, we're going to have to get you involved with our Little Birdie Lager launch. I've got that one out. We're going to do a vote on Twitter and we'll put a little promo video together 
But we've got some big news on the Little Birdie podcast. We've got a Little Birdie lager uh, in conjunction with a brewing friend of mine. And what better to sit and watch the the races or watch the sport with a, a mid-strength beer? They're all the rage at the moment, but I couldn't find a mid-strength beer that I like. So we're thinking about getting sponsors, but I thought, well, why don't we just do it ourselves? So we're pretty ambitious here, and we've come up with a recipe, or our friends have, that tastes a little bit like a mid-strength stone and wood. So... Darcy, you've got a, uh, a Little Birdie Lager label that you like. So hold that one up in front of your little camera there. Yeah. So we want you guys at home to vote on which label that you like best. So we'll call that number one there, Little yep. Birdie Lager number one. So you've got the two-tone blue and back, black. It looks stylish. This is my personal favourite. Your yep. personal favourite. And what about, what about you, Mark, for the camera? I've gone black is all business. Yep. So <laughs> I've chosen this one. So we've got four selections that we're going to put up on uh, social. Yep. And we just want people to uh, vote. vote. Tell us which one you like. That's the beer for the punters. You got the and you two. guys get to choose. And I've got number three here. So it's more of a, a racing sort of theme. So it sort of looks like some silks there. So that's number three. And then number four, we've got uh, the, the the bird on top of the rooftop there. So you've got the little clouds, sunny sunny skies. We're back in the winter. We're, we're shouting from the rooftops. And that's the little birdie lager there. So... We'll put that on our Twitter page, so at Little Birdie Pod. Follow us on Twitter, and then to go into the draw to win a prize, follow our Instagram page, Little Birdie Podcast, on Instagram, and go in and like the photo of the beer that you want to vote for, and you'll go into the running to win some beer and some of our merch. So stay tuned for that for the next couple of days. Make sure you head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, and our YouTube channel, Little Birdie Podcast. Great show. Thanks for joining us, Mark and Dars, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Yeah.